Yeah, I'm Dave and I'm an alcoholic and uh, I, I spoke, I failed and I believe it, you know, I don't really need to say that, you know, but um, I just say it. I don't, I've actually not said it that many times in secular meetings, but, you know, and that's okay. But, um, yeah, I um, I do, I do like sharing and, and doing a main share. And a lot of people, oh, I'm fucking... <laughs> yeah, I actually do, because um, today I like... Um, I like practicing speaking and I like sharing my, my story and I like, you know, I like the fact that I've got a voice and basically, you know, I can use it, you know, um, and I'll, 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 I'll hopefully you'll hear a compare and contrast and how it was, you know, um, by what I say. Um, you know, this is just a number, you know, so hopefully you'll see where I've came from and where I am now. You know, um, my last drink was in 1994, um, February 1994. So next year it'll be um, 28 years. I just look at that as a number. You know, really, I honestly do, you know. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, you know, I, I'm a, I suppose if there's a scale of introverts, introverts and extroverts, I'm probably an introvert, but more so an ambivert today, you know. Um, I've, no, I've no real qualms about showing my flamboyant side and, you know, that around certain people, you know, because I've developed a, a trust in that and realising the ground never swallows me up, I never burst into flames when I kind of let myself go. But, yeah, I'm probably more of the kind of introvert quiet kind of person but I was really unhealthy uh, quiet wise I was acutely unhealthy um, introvert you know to the point where I probably should have had something addressed I should have went to some uh, I should have got it addressed because I really I was like a mute but I was probably developing certain uh, coping mechanisms that really weren't helpful for me but I thought they were you know they were protecting me you know protecting me really but unnecessarily. Um, so what happened was back in the early 80s, um, this is where everything kind of took on a, <laughs> a colour, but not particularly of a great, you know, whatever, um, vibrancy. Um, I got involved in a football hooliganism back in the early 80s. And, you know, and um, it, was, it was a buzz to say the least, if anybody knows about that there. And I look back now and I kind of cringe. Um, it was it was idiocy. It was it was it wasn't very. It was kind of glamorous in one sense, but it was really just looking back now. There was no absolutely no purpose to it, but it created a lot of um, chemicals through my body. You know, a lot of uh, adrenaline um, and a certain sense of I don't know. I wouldn't say achievement, but you know, the camaraderie. You know, um, <clears throat> but as a result, I put myself into situations that were really insane. You know, insane. Any person with any sense of self-esteem and worth would not have done the things that I did, you know. And there was like there was guys, there was guys who were beating into you know ten one guy, ten guys, you know. And um, I wasn't that person. I'd be the person who would run into fifteen people, 10, 15 people, and get beaten up pretty badly. Um, it's just a fact. It's all it is, you know. Do you regret that? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and when you're lying in your bed, you've got stitches in the back of your head. It's not the greatest feeling, you know, but you go back in amongst your pals and it's like a little bit of a badge of honour, you know, to do that, you know. But, you know, and inside, I was crying. You know, inside, I was like, uh, you know, my, my soul was crying out for somebody to, to hear me, to be seen. And um, so that was back in, I first started that kind of part of my life. You know, that was back in 1981. And um, shortly after, there was a, there was, um, yeah, I was in this party and it's bizarre how it happened, but it did happen, you know, there was a, 
I don't share this often, but it's just a little, it's just a fact. I'm not going to labour too much in it because there's no need to, but there was a, there was an assault that happened and it would have become a rape if I hadn't a break and broke free. But any healthy person would have uh, spoke to somebody about that. You know, they would have, you know, opened up and told somebody, kept it inside, you know, and it was like, fuck, who cares? Who gives a fuck? I'll just, you know, I'll just muddle on and, you know. So, um, and yeah, there was a suicide attempt after that there as well. Didn't tell anybody about it. You know, my dad found me, um, and it really was. I look back on it now. It was, it was a, it was a cry for help. It was like, but it was something to the universe or something of, I just want you to be. I want you to see me. I want people to. I want to. I want to be heard. And it was like nobody's hearing me. It's like nobody's seeing me. So fuck it. But it was. It wasn't really. A, you know, obviously, I wanted to do it. I would have jumped off a bridge. That's probably. Um, but you know. So my dad found me, didn't tell anybody about it. And um, I carried on with my not so merry way, because you know, um, and developing, developing not particularly good habits. And that's what I see today. For me in my life, you could call it recovery, discovery, creation, whatever, you know, I hear a lot of these words banded about, but for me, it's just a uh, a new life, a new life that I've, I've given myself really, you know, because I believe I can go in different directions um, in, in, my, in my life, you know, and I've chosen to go in different directions. Um, it's just changing habits, different habits, you know. Some of them take a little bit longer to develop. Some of them are like, bang, fuck, yeah, I'm glad I did that. Some of them are just like, fuck, I need to just trust the process here. I need to just trust this process. Because my gut feeling today is my, my guiding factor, you know. I'm not saying it's right all the time, but that's what I need to use. I used to listen, I used to stay in my head all the time and it was safe, but you know what happens? I know what happens when I sit on the fence. You end up getting splinters in your arse and that's what happened all the time. You know, splinters in my arse because I was playing it safe. Um, so anyway, um, <clears throat> I really can't relate to any glamorous stories what I did when I was drinking and drugging because there, there's none, you know. Um, you know, uh, lots of mental health issues that was never addressed. Obviously, somebody tried to commit suicide. Fucking hell, something not so great, great about them. Um, you know, uh, I ended up um, uh, on a few occasions injecting, you know, uh, um, amphetamines and fucking hell, it's like bizarre looking back now, but that's what I did. But that really screwed my nut in. I was, I, I, I would never recommend that to anybody. But paradoxically, I remember on a train and a football match, Saying to a friend, oh, Jim, you've got to try this. Oh, yes, what the feeling it is. And you know what he says to me? He says, Dave, don't be tell me that. I don't want to hear that. But it was like I was trying to be this kind of macho kind of drug user who's like, it's like, it's like the cringe now about that. Like, but, um, anyway, we've all got a story, and that's my history story, about wordplay there. <laughs> um, so after a repetition of feeling miserable continually. Oh, and what's well, I, I can't, I sometimes admit this. I peed the bed regularly. Not just once, not once, just once a month. Regularly. Now you would have thought that would have been a, the, re, the reason to stop drinking, the reason. No, just, just continue with that there. And I suppose that was me kind of building up a little bit of shame, that inner shame to not let anybody see into my dark side. 
Because I realise I've got a dark side that I never wanted anybody to see or tell about. You know, um, I'm not going to tell you how I managed to dry it out, right? But anyway, I just fucking... <laughs> but I said anyway, I managed that. It was, oh, well, I'll tell you. It was an iron. It was an iron, you know? Fucking hell. You know, how... Anyway, I'm not going to labour on that anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's what... That's, you know, habits, getting used to habits, getting used to feeling miserable, getting used to not telling anybody what's going on inside, habit. Um, you know, and uh, it got to the point where... And yeah, there is some cliches, <laughs> platitudes that are rolled about in a fellowship um, that I kind of like. Others, you know, I get a mental palm to my forehead, but um, uh, the sick and tired of being sick and tired. I think it was a repetition out there, and I, I just felt there's got to be a different way, there's got to be a better way. Um, and uh, I was willing to explore that, you know, um, I just wanted a better life. I wanted a different life. So in 1994, that was when I had my last drink um, of alcohol. And it was actually over in Tenerife. I booked a holiday. I was working offshore on the rigs and I went over. And I remember, I remember actually in the hotel, saying to these guys from Newcastle in England, who ironically, um, I've got a sponsor over there who actually... I'm getting a bit emotional saying this, like, actually. Um, sorry. He's a, um, he's a really good friend, actually. So when I hear people kind of get emotional, say, when they say sorry, I say, don't say sorry. And I'm thinking, um, I'm going to say sorry. Anyway, um, yeah, so he's a really good friend, and um, ironically, um, I'll try and keep going. <laughs> um, there's another guy there who actually, I'm one of his, I'm his sponsor. Yeah, I'm a sponsor, and um, I really love the way that I'm able to give something back to him in some kind of way since I've stopped drinking. Um, anyway, I go to a lot of meetings in Newcastle, or did like, um, and um, I remember saying to the guys in the hotel, uh, "See if I see if I continue drinking." This is going to ruin my holiday. You know, and what did I do? I went back in the bevy. What happened? Um, I ended up peeing the bed in the hotel. Not the worst thing. Falling asleep in broad daylight um, in one of the bars. And um, I thought, you know, that's it. This, this has got to be it. So that's where I went to my first meetings there. And, um, <clears throat> and since then... I've, I've continued to go, not because anybody's forced my hand by my back or done whatever, you know. It's just because it goes against my inner kind of nature, but it's become a lot more natural. For me, to suit up, show up, make the effort and say, this is me. This is me. I can't afford to care if you like this is me or not. This is my voice. This is my presence. If you like it or not. I care more about me liking it than you not liking it. Now, don't get me wrong, that has been a journey. That has been a journey. Um, you know, I, I've done what probably I suggest, and I suggest to people is not to do, you know, but I got involved with somebody in the fellowship and I was nine years sober, but it absolutely, brutally, um, emotionally done my head and really did, you know, thoughts of suicide, you know, even then. Um, 
dinner drink, but I was in a mess. I was in a mess, you know. Um, I got enmeshed and I got really attached and all that codependent stuff. Um, and that really woke me up, though. But because if that hadn't happened, I wouldn't have been aware. I'm a codependency. So ironically, these things are given to me sometimes as uh, gifts of <laughs> life. Life, sometimes explosions or sometimes little kind of, whatever you call them, light bulb moments. Yeah, sure, this is probably the middle ground. Um, so, yeah, and, and relationships with the opposite sex has been my my main thing to work on. And I wouldn't say sadly, but, you know, it's been three years since um, I've not been in a relationship. Um, and, uh, yeah, with somebody in the dancing scene, I've been dancing 18 years, tango for the last um, eight and yeah, and when we split as well, that takes me a long time to, to get over, you know, somebody and the, the lesson. But anyway, um, so the relationship, going back in the relationships, um, I treated my stepfather abysmally, you know, really, and my brothers, you know, and what's happened is a consequence of that there. Um, they gravitated towards my mum. And so today, there's just a neutral practical relationship I have with my brothers, as in, I've only seen them at weddings and funerals probably, and I haven't seen my other brother for many, many years. Now, I'm a different person than I was, and part of me thinks that would be great if it was different, you know, and more the, the, the family, but the reality is it might never be like that. And the reality is I need to develop connections with myself and other people that have that similar bond as a family. You know, the relationship with my mum is, it's 90, 80, 90 times better. Um, initially, when I got sober, it was like really painful, really painful, because I knew she didn't really do anything to me, but I did really feel abandoned with her. I did feel abandoned to the point where back in the early 80s, I left her household because of the... Um, stereotypical approach that I had to my stepdad and I left, oh, you know, blah, blah. And I didn't, I didn't feel wanted by her at all, um, you know. But I see she came from a drinking, family of drinking as well. So she, you know, I've, I've, I've heard my granddad shouting at my granny, her being pickled with a drink. And, you know, my dad's side, they were drinkers. I spoke to cousins. And they tell me when I see them, yeah, there was a lots of drinking went on in the family. I'm the only, as far as I know, my brothers have never attended AA. So I really believe it's something in my psyche, <laughs> my personality that led me to doing things that were self-destructive. It's not like that today, though. Um, don't get me wrong. Um, I have negative thoughts. I get anxious. Um, but I do, I do have the capacity today to, to try and develop strategies and skills and techniques that don't leave me to the point where I'm really immersed in all that stuff. Um, anecdotally, I've had issues with a guy at work over, I mean, we're not speaking uh, months, this has been years since he started working. But the good thing is, I feel I'm a different person by looking at that. And a lot of it is due to my defensiveness. You know, going in there, being defensive. And I realize it helps. It doesn't help. 
at all. So I, as a person, I mean, he's a twat. He is. He's a sullen-faced fucking twat. You know, and I'm not the only one who thinks that. But regardless, if I speak to 20 folk and they feel the same, if, that's, if that makes me feel uneasy, it's my responsibility to get my shit together. So I've tried to work on not being so defensive around him, or not even around him, even when I get home. He takes up too much space in my head. Um, so I'll, I'll, try and, I'll try and make people aware, and even myself, because it kind of confirms to me that it is worthwhile staying sober. And not, not just because of the things we do, but the strength I believe I can gain by being a person who doesn't drink alcohol or take drugs. When I first came around, um, I could hardly string two sentences together. That was the truth. I kept everything inside. I played it safe because I was fear, fear like, for example, I was scared of that you would dissect what I'm saying, shame me, you would judge me for it, you would use it against me, you would humiliate me, embarrass me, or whatever. All that nonsense that, you know, is extreme. The fact is, I haven't got a clue what you, anybody in this meeting, you know, thinks about me, you know? But I do believe if I open up and share, there's a good chance that somebody, maybe one, two, three, or even more, I don't know the more, might get something from it. So that's why I practice speaking. Um, so I opened up, I spoke, I was able to, you know, I gradually build up a little bit of inner confidence and I was able to practice listening. And then, and then um, people would say, well, why don't you use your brain? And, you know, um, you know, talking about the brain, um, I, I got beaten up badly one time, you know, and I, I remember the nurse coming around the nurse saying, you've got a hematoma or something about a hematoma, you know, bleeding the brain or something. I can't remember. So just an idea where I was. But yeah, anyway, why don't you use your brain or do something with it? So I went to college, got a, got a um, qualification. And then a couple of people were saying, who were at university at the time, why don't you go to university? And then I thought to myself, yeah, I can. I can at least apply. That's what I did. And I got myself a degree in psychology, you know, um, at one of the universities in Aberdeen. And that led me to, you know, um, kind of social care, social work. Um, and with that, um, I, you know, I worked with the homeless for a while. I worked in an alcohol rehab. I must admit, at that point in time in my life, looking back, it was a bit out of my depth. But that's okay to admit that, you know. Um, you know, and then I felt it was kind of getting stale and I went to the other university and where I am and I got a postgrad in, in information analysis of all things. But I, and I'm, I'm no academic by any means, any means at all, you know. But I do like the sense of achievement that goes from knowing if I want to get from A to G, you know, it's not going to miraculously happen. You know, I need to put in appropriate actions. And I say that because it's good to compare and contrast. When I was drinking and drugging as well, you know, when your head's absolutely buckled, you know, there's absolutely no way I would have even contemplated these things because I was so immersed in, you know, getting over the hangover and then having no area where I could, um, you know, feel a sense of, you know, that's enough. It was like, get over the hangover and just back into it. So 
got these qualifications. Um, and then since then, I've been in different roles, different jobs, um, yeah, sober. I've been a fitness, I was a fitness instructor about 12 years ago. Um, what else have I done? Um, now, I work in a park. I work in a park and I, I go to, um, to some newer meetings pretty regular over the last year. And, uh, <laughs> and I'll sometimes just zoom in and I'm just walking about and I'm just listening to me and it, it's, it's, it's good, man. It's good to just get connected that way, you know. I'm really fortunate that way. Um, what else have I done? I've, it's kind of good for me at the end of a year to kind of take stock what I've done in a particular year, you know. Um, I mean, I've got the tinsel here. It's just, fuck, fuck. It creates a little bit of warmth in our house, you know, but I'm not religious at all, at all, to say the least, you know. But, um, anyway, I thought, you know. But um, what have I done? I did a Spartan event, for example, this year, you know, and I knew that it would not have happened if I'd done the training for it, you know. So I trained pretty regularly for three or four months. Yeah, and I've got the photographs, you know, it's evidence and the sense of achievement afterwards, and it was great fun. Um, eight years ago, I joined Toastmasters, public speaking, you know, and for a person like me, you know, God, <laughs> public speaking, you have got to be joking. But for me, that's like trusting the process. Here's another cheesy um, phrase. Uh, we're not meant to see around corners, you know, and I really believe that. I've got to trust that whatever journey I'm going, you know, it's maybe going to be all right if I do the right things. So um, I went to Toastmasters, I was there for a couple of years, and um, it built my confidence, but I left, and it's like anything, habits, if I don't keep at it, I'm going to get weaker. So I joined again, and I feel I've gained a strength from it. So one of the pluses is, um, one of the electives that asked me to do was that you could choose to do a podcast. Now I did a podcast recently. Now I've only done one. So if anybody's on a meeting here and knows about podcasts, get in touch with me, please, because I'd really like to take it forward. <laughs> I really would. I love connecting people. And people have listened to it. If you're interested, let me know, and I can put you on. It's on Spotify. Um, and I think I've got a good skill, talent that way of bringing out things from people, you know, teasing out, you know, you know, just listening and teasing out stuff from folk. Um, yeah, I've been dancing as well. I've been dancing 18 years. Um, I absolutely love it. Um, Argentine tango the last eight years. And... And for myself, I'm, I'm, I've got to be honest, I was um, thinking, thoughts just period, no, and I controlled the whole thing, but I was thinking, what can I share today? You know, when uh, Mark asked me. Um, and for me, one of the principles I've learned is if I really want to get something, a sense of achievement, or get something in my life, you know, I really need to practice being bold, or I really need to trust putting myself out there. And this is just for me because I know the rewards of doing that. So if I want something, I need to trust that to get from A to D, I need to ask certain people. I need to research the particular information. My brain needs to take in that information. But I do believe when I do that, I'll get from A to D, because I'm gathering information, I'm gathering confidence, I'm gathering um, trust in the whole process. Um, and um, yeah, and it's worked for me. That's work for me because I really believe it being sober. It's like being a scientist. I need to get out of there and fucking experiment, you know, do different things. You know, here's another one. 
sorry, I've done about four or five cliches so like, so forgive me. <laughs> keep doing the same thing, you'll get the same result. If I keep doing the same thing, I'll get the same result. So um, I'm still, I'll be ready to for another one. I'm still a work in progress. <laughs> still a, a definite work in progress. Um, you know, and that's all right. That's all right. Um, so when I'm at today, what, what, the, what I'm, 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 a, I'm a, over my ex. I think I pr probably am ish. I don't go to tango though, so I'm not sure. I'm a little bit uh, uncomfortable about seeing her and our our partner who goes to tango as well. But I still dance. There is still dancing. Um, I actually DJ now and again as well. Love music. Music is my medicine, along with exercise. Um, I love soul music. Yeah, <laughs> Living Sober is probably one of my favourite books, so that's what they say there. Listen to some soul music. Um, and it's not just your traditional, your, your, your normal soul music. It's just, you know, real stuff. I absolutely love soul music. Um, and ironically, Marvin Gaye's What's Going On is probably one of my favourite albums. And it's got, you know, religious overtones in it there, but it's not, it's, you know, it's not, it's just the kind of, is singing and just the power behind it, you know, as he talks about ecology and, and yeah, great, great, great album. Um, so my um, journey towards secular is being because I'm open-minded, I believe, subjectively, to exploring different things in my life. I like the idea of being a positive skeptic. Um, you know, I read someone on psychology today and I like that. Yeah, I like that. I'll label myself that positive skeptic, you know. Um, and it just, it, I get a mental part in my forehead when I go to meetings and I hear, um, I hear language that says, if you're not doing it this way, you're not really doing it the right way. But if you say the right things, you'll be in this club, you'll be in the right club. And I think, oh, fuck, um, no, sorry. It's not really a club that I really want to be associated with, a metaphorical club. I want to be in amongst people who are, just saying really what's on their mind, you know, that really they are expressing what's going on in their heart. And uh, and then I realised I need to practice that, you know, I need to practice that regardless, regardless of where I am. So I love the Zoom means. Um, I'm not as connected as I would like to be to folk in the Tusnu and others, like, you know, but um, hopefully this will help, you know, because, um, uh, yeah, it really is helpful for me. Um, so... Uh, this is not a diff it's not an easy time for me this time of year. I feel better just now. I've actually been in the sea. I've been doing outdoor swimming for the last year. I've been in the sea. It was a lovely 11 degrees and I went in the skins. But, um, and I feel I need to do things today that lifts my vibration, that lifts my mood, you know. And um, I only do it maybe on average once a week. But it's like an event and, you know, and I really enjoy it. But I did it yesterday as well. So... Um, there we go. Um, hopefully somebody's got something like that, but um, it helps me anyway to share and speak. Thanks. Cheers. <laughs>